When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Fascinating to see what stories the media focuses on day in and day out because it tells you so much about their worldview or their politics in a whole range of ways. And certainly in the aftermath of a uh, horrific mass shooting, whether they decide that this story deserves wall-to-wall coverage is a political call to action and is something that should be used to shame their political opponents, irrespective of really what the facts are of the situation, um, that is something that we see happening time and time again. I bring it up because right now, Clay and I talked to you yesterday about the uh, the shooting that occurred over the weekend at a dance hall uh, where you had 10 people who were uh, murdered by this guy who was just a disgruntled, uh, disgruntled, deeply unhappy person who just turned to the worst kind of evil, killed 10 people and was going to kill more. He moved to a second location I actually shared this uh, clip on Twitter. It's it's remarkable. Brandon Tsai was on scene there, and he was the individual, the hero, who this guy is reloading. Now, I know a lot of people think, oh, I would have done this too. Uh, a lot of people would freeze. You've got somebody who has, I think it, it's been repeatedly described as a pistol, but it's, uh, or rather as, as an uh, assault rifle in the media. Uh, but it's really a pistol with a folding stock, I think. But either way, it's it's illegal under technically a pistol with a folding stock, illegal under California law. This guy, Brandon Tsai, uh, essentially rushed the shooter who you can, I think, safely assume otherwise would have been able to kill another 10, 15, 20 people who were helpless, defenseless at this. So this guy saved a lot of lives. 
Um, but that shooting occurred over the weekend. And as we know, the Democrats immediately jumped into the, oh, this is a hate crime. And I don't just mean in general Democrats, top legislators, senators, Democrats associated closely with the Biden administration, the White House. There was another shooting over uh, the last few days. Seven people, um, seven people were killed in this shooting. And this shooting also involved a uh, an Asian American or elderly uh, Asian a person, uh, a, a person, of yeah, a person of Asian uh, descent, a Chinese agricultural laborer, sixty seven years old, so he's an almost a senior citizen, who was in the San Francisco area, Half Moon Bay, uh, went into his work facility and just started murdering people, shot seven people. Uh, in in cold blood. Now that came 72 hours after the other individual who actually killed 11 people. Excuse me, one of them additionally succumbed to injuries. Uh, killed 11 people at a Lunar New Year celebration in Monterey Park, which is near Los Angeles. Two major mass shootings by two Asian assailants. One of whom already, I believe, committed suicide in the car right during the standoff, so he won't face any trial. Um, but two two shootings, mass shootings, Asian assailants, and the media interest on this is minimal. Yeah, uh, because it's not an opportunity to try to find some tie in to Trump and MAGA and white supremacy and and all this other stuff. And one of the one of the big lies, Clay, the media pushes about shooting uh, mass shootings in particular, mass shootings of uh, three or more people. Is that this is the it's, it's disgruntled white males who do this. This is what you'll always hear. It's actually not true. It's not true because if you look at the data, what you see is that when it comes to mass shootings, the ethnicity of the shooter is essentially totally in line with their percentage of the population. So mass shooters are spread evenly among all, they're all male, but among all demographics white, Hispanic, um, uh, black, Asian. But yet the media likes to push this this storyline of it's, you know, angry white males or, you know, white supremacists who are the ones who are doing all of this, which I think is why they're not really talking about. Once again, they two mass shootings, 17 or 18 people killed. You would think, Clay, this would be wall to wall coverage. No, it vanishes if it's not a white guy. And this is the this is the truth. I mean, all of you out there listening know that if there isn't a opportunity to tie this into white supremacy or uh or to far-right extremist culture then the story just almost automatically vanishes and the one that is maybe the most emblematic of this to me buck is the shooting that happened uh in colorado at uh at boulder remember they thought that that was a white guy just based on pictures that came out of a guy who looked like he was white uh, in terms of you could see his skin, and then it ended up being that he was Middle Eastern, and the story almost immediately vanished. So they initially said, oh, look, another crazy white guy goes in and kills a bunch of people in Boulder, Colorado, and you could actually track the story and how much attention it was getting, and then as soon as it came out that he was of Middle Eastern descent, the story vanished. And a lot of you probably haven't heard anything about that shooting in Colorado since. Yeah, it, it, there is something deeply disturbing when you look at, when you really dive into it when you pay attention to it the the democrat liberal mind has an obsession with the denigration of 
of uh, whiteness all the time, and yeah. particularly from white liberals. They, Tons they, of they, more they, white liberals do it. They, this is uh, this is a a false virtue signaling fixation that they have with how the the evils of whiteness, and you see this as it is evidenced by media coverage of these these mass shootings we're talking about. We all know if the if the if the mass instead of saying there are evil people and deeply violently mentally ill people who are spread through all populations, which is true, and understanding that there are going to be people that from from all different ethnic groups that are mass shooters, that's going to happen, which is what the data all shows. Instead of looking honestly at that issue because there's no political advantage in it, they try to skew the issue toward all mass shooters. You see this, by the way. I mean, there'll even be blue check commentators. There's a mass shooter and the guy's white. They say, oh, it's always a white mass shooter. It's just not true. Yeah. But this is this is one of the lies that they believe and one of the lies that they repeat. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you and I make a living knowing what actually happens and what the data actually is. A lot of people see, oh, okay, well, CNN says, you know, another another white, you know, male shooter. And this is all the mass shooters are white males. It's not it's not reality. And that's why I think. Um, you know, you have to remember the mindset during the war on ter- terror era. Uh, we used to call it the GWAT, Global War on Terror. And then they tried to get rid of that term. The Obama administration came in and they wanted to call. This was the fight against Al Qaeda and you know, later ISIS and all this stuff. They wanted to call it something like uh, overseas contingency operations against violent radical extremism. I'm not kidding. It was actually something that was so long. I remember sitting in Langley when when the Obama administration came in and we're all laughing our asses off because it was we're like, that's this is ridiculous. This is an encyclopedia. This isn't a, you know, an operation discussion. Um, But I I remember there was there was a belief that to service the narrative of, oh, we're so scared about Islamophobia, they would always downplay when there was a terrorist incident. You know, oh, we don't know. We don't know if this person is a Muslim. We don't know what their belief system is. And they would do this. And we all kind of knew, like usually the guy's screaming a lot of it's on video and he's shooting something up. You kind of know right away. I think there's a similar mentality among a lot of the Democrat aligned media now, which is um, let's not focus too much on the mass sh- on, on any mass shooting that doesn't involve a white perpetrator, because we have to tackle the problem of white male mass shooters because they're the ones that do it all the time. It's uh incongruent it's uh what's the phrase i'm trying cognitive dissonance yeah they can't handle it and just pay attention to this i mean we had the walmart shooter was a black guy right uh in virginia went in shot up the place we had also in virginia in the same way that we have the double asian shooter we had the former football player at the university of virginia who went and shot several of his teammates Two black mass shootings in Virginia in, like, short concert. Now you've got two Asian mass shooting in short concert. The stories will vanish. But you still hear a lot of talk about the Buffalo shooting, right? Racist white guy goes into a black supermarket, kills people there. Uh, and they choose which stories to emphasize. To your point, first of all, mass shootings... If we eliminated every mass shooting, and I think this is important, 98% of murders would still be happening. Yep. So we have this idea out there that mass shooting is a huge part of the national murder rate. It's actually the case that if we eliminated them, 
49 out of 50 murders would still be happening in this country. You, like, you know what that's also that true big about? part of an issue. It's also true about modern sporting rifles, a.k.a. assault rifles. You ban assault rifles, 98% of shootings still happen. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're obsessed with it. You know why? Because they view gun control, yes, ultimately, they want to stop, they want to eliminate the final stopgap against tyranny that the founding fathers enshrined in the Constitution. But every call by a Democrat for gun control in some way is meant to be uh, a thumb in the eye of a white male Republican AR-15 owner. And that's why libs in Brooklyn and Santa Monica and Chicago and where and DC, they get so excited about it because it's meant to be see, somehow you, a law abiding gun owner who lives in Texas and has, you know, seven AR fifteens and loves to go to the range, you're the problem. It's a neuroses that they have to do this. They want to poke those people in the chest and blame them for mass shootings by lunatics that have nothing to do with those individuals, but that's it's just meant to be a political cudgel. And the that's only how they exception weaponize. to this rule buck that I would point to is the shooting in Texas, and the school shooting is such a unique circumstance. The Hispanic shooter there, they covered, obviously, Uvalde got a massive amount of attention because of who the victims were and where that shooting occurred, but otherwise, the focal point is always on white guys. That was also on the list of the biggest uh police failures yes. of all time you know up there with the FBI response to Waco up there you know people talk about Ruby Ridge and Waco and Uvalde is a place of ab- abject law enforcement failure and on you know you, you would hope that there'd be important um lessons learned from it if if that's possible for uh you know for future law enforcement generations all right, so, my friend, switching gears here. Think of time and money that was invested years ago by somebody in your family to videotape all those joyful things in life. Vacations, football games, birthdays, so many things. Somebody who was on hand with that video cam working away. I remember my dad used to love to bust out the old video cam with the little, uh, you put your hand in the Velcro, and we were there for Christmas and for birthdays. You had all those videotapes, right? And they're stored away. My family has them. We've got them in storage. Those memories are precious. You don't want to throw them out, but they're just collecting dust, and eventually you're going to have no way to share them or play them, and they're going to degrade because the actual media they're on degrade. What can you do these days? Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a Tennessee-based company that has all the right gear to safely transfer your family memories onto digital files. They'll do it in about three weeks and far cheaper than you could do it yourself. We've both relied, Clay and I, on Legacy Box in the past, and it has come through beautifully for us. And they've done this now for a million and a half families over the last decade. You owe it to your family to safeguard your memories. Don't let your videos or photos or any old media you have fade. Become your family's hero, your legacy hero, if you will. Save them before those tapes degrade. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. That's the website. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. You'll get a great discount offer. LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. We're proud supporters of those who serve our country and our local communities. That includes our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. 
There's an American company whose entire mission is built around serving these individuals, GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these ways, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's fast, easy, and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that want to honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off-duty. A portion of every order goes towards nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Tuesday edition of the program, final hour of the show. We bring in now our buddy, Andy McCarthy, who is doing an incredible job breaking down so much of the legal-related issues all around the uh, absurdity of classified documents and beyond. Fox News contributor, former federal prosecutor at the Southern District of New York, He spent over 20 years there, wrote a book, Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. And like me, he also had, sorry Buffalo fans, and also fans of the Dallas Cowboys. You had a Bills Cowboys Super Bowl that went up in smoke uh, on Sunday as well? I did, Clay. And, you know, I feel terrible about this because I hate both teams. I just, you know, but I thought they were were getting hot at the right time, so who knows? 
Do you think, before we get into serious stuff, do you think Tom Brady's going to retire, or do you think he'll come back? No, I think he's, I think he's going to play another year. I think he could still – he'd have to be, like, in the right offense, right? Because um, he could still really throw the ball. He's not – you know, he's not what he used to be, but it's like – that's like saying, like, Ichiro's only hitting three oh five. You know, I mean, he's he's still really – Pretty good, I think. I think he's going to end up down in Miami, where Buck's spending part of the year now. I think he's going to be another Miamian, more Miami people. Yeah, well, I think he's going to play for the Dolphins. That, that's my prediction. A lot of, of where Tom Brady's going. A lot of reports. Yeah. yeah, a lot of reports about that today. That he's like looking, checking out schools and and stuff like that. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so let's dive into Mike Pence today. Comes out and says he's got classified documents. The continued fallout. Five different times, Joe Biden has been caught with classified documents. What's your take on the big picture question here of whether anybody's going to get charged with anything related to these classified documents? I don't think anybody's going to get charged. But if, like I, I think we discussed before, if you would ask me that question like two and a half weeks ago, I would say, you know, Trump was 100 percent going to be charged. Yeah, now, I, don't I was with really you. I think anyone will be. Um, but my other I mean, my other big picture impression, I couldn't help this, but I'm. I'm reminded, I guess this is because I'm getting too old, but I'm reminded of the um, the Clinton-Lewinsky stuff where the, the Democrats' uh, refrain throughout those years was, everybody does it, and I'm like, well, no, everybody doesn't have sex with interns in the White House, but maybe everybody <laughs> does do this. I don't, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? Andy, you know, you may have uh, seen yesterday there was an arrest of a former top FBI official yeah. who oversaw counterintelligence in New York City. I don't know if you guys ever crossed paths in your day, but Charles McGonagall um, is facing charges of money laundering, I think, among others, that he took money from a former Albanian intelligence employee and a representative of the Russian olig oligarch Oleg Deripaska, a lot of people see this and they say, so one of the guys who, if you were involved at that level in counterintelligence in New York City, the FBI office in New York City, you certainly were aware of the Trump-Russia collusion investigations and things going on there. So somebody who would have been overseeing the fake Russia collusion investigation of Trump has now been charged with colluding with Russians to evade U.S. money laundering laws. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And Buck, I, I was reminded you guys were kind enough to mention my book in the intro. Um, I wrote a lot in the book about uh, Deripaska, including the fact that, you know, number one, the FBI tried to flip him in, was it uh, 2016, before the Trump stuff ever got rolling. And that was the reason they were dealing with Steele at the time, because Steele was working for Deripaska while the FBI was taking information from him that ended up in the Steele dossier, which I thought in and of itself was remarkable. And, you know, the funny thing with Deripaska was apparently the Bureau, one of the reasons the Bureau soured on the whole idea of, of turning him is when he sat down with them, they pitched him on this uh on the Trump-Putin conspiracy, and he was like, what are you talking about? There's no Trump-Putin conspiracy, which was apparently that was not what the party line was at the time. But I, I'm just, I, I can't help, I mean, it's terrible for the FBI, uh, but I can't help but be amused by, uh, you know, the way these guys, you know, seem to change on a dime. So 
like, you know, first they're trying to flip Deripaska, then they're prosecuting Deripaska, then the head of the foreign counterintelligence in New York is is working for Deripaska. It, it makes you dizzy, doesn't it? Is is the FBI something that we could dramatically reform in a meaningful way, Andy? I mean, a lot of people ask me this all the time, and I, I know some people on the right will say, well, we got to tear it down to the studs and start anew. Well, if you're going to have federal laws, you gotta, you're got you going to have a federal law enforcement agency. So, you know, remolding the FBI, you know, people think, oh, well, we have a DNI and we had NCTC and all these things. Yeah, we didn't need all that, right? You're just creating more bureaucracy to paper over the failures of the bureaucracy you had before. Could we do something within the FBI? I mean, can there be a house cleaning that, that would be meaningful? I think there could, Buck, if they were serious about it, like if they really went about it uh, in a church committee type style. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the outcomes of the church committee, but like the, the driving force behind it, those spying scandals in the you know, the 60s into the 80s, those were good reasons to have that um, committee. And if they, you know, I think, you know, if you throw out the extremes of both sides, like there's one side on the left that wants to defund all police and really doesn't believe in, in prosecution at all. And then there's people on the right who I think unreal, unrealistically think that we could get on without a federal police force. I, I just think the way society is and the way the law is now, you have to have a federal police force. It doesn't have to be the FBI, but we have to have one. So if you toss those people aside, I think there's enough people in the in the broad middle on both sides who have gripes about the current FBI. And maybe that's the makings that people could, if, if we still have a capability in Washington of people like, like being grown-ups with respect to a problem that everybody understands is a problem. I mean, my own view of it, you and I, I think, have talked about this before. I think the Bureau, after 9-11, became too much of an intelligence agency, and uh, it started to be an intelligence agency with a police sideline. And they're very, you know, I think intelligence work is very important, police work is very important, but they're very different. And if you become an intelligence agency, it, it... it really damages your dedication to civil rights, which police have to keep like in the front of their minds. And I think that's what's really hurt the FBI. I, I would take their counterintelligence mission away from them. Andy, I want you to take me into what a search of Joe Biden's home would have required, at least in your mind, from a sort of procedural mechanics perspective. It's one thing when, you know, Mar-a-Lago, they show up at former President Trump's home and they uh, raid that. But for a sitting president to be essentially searched by his own Department of Justice's FBI is truly unprecedented. Is that something that Merrick Garland signs off on? Is that something that is threatened if the Biden regime does not comply like who I, I just don't even understand how that ends up happening what do you think the mechanics and the procedures behind the scenes were like for this clay i think that the um the big thing was biden signing off on it because you're quite right you know this is president trump had a very exalted uh status because he's a former president 
which is a, is a big deal, but it doesn't have any political power. Right. Whereas the incumbent president is the only guy. I mean, you know, Justice Scalia taught us all this like 30 years ago, right, or 40 years ago. The uh, the only person with power in the executive branch is the president. Everybody else, including the attorney general and the executive branch, is a delegate who exercises the president's power at the president's pleasure. And that includes the special counsel. Like, they try to tell you they're getting an independent prosecutor, and there's no independent prosecutor. In the United States, prosecution's an executive function. Everybody answers to the president. So they couldn't have done this without Biden's sign-off. It would have been insubordinate. Uh, and I think that's probably a big part of the reason why they didn't get a search warrant, which they certainly had legal grounds for, and why they cut a deal with Biden's lawyers that they were able to accompany the FBI as they did the search, which, of course, didn't happen in Trump's case. So I think the mechanics of this is Biden has to sign off on it, and then there's probably some limits that are negotiated about what they're allowed to look at or where they're allowed to look. And then the lawyers went along with them as they, you know, went from from room to room in the house. Andy, so this basically goes where in your mind? I mean, how, how does all this end up? I mean, you saw Mike Pence has classified documents at home, too. Yeah. This has crossed over into crazy town. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of, of why nothing's going to happen with this. Because I think yep. people are starting to think that, you know, if we now started to look at, like, listen to what Biden's excuse is here, right? He, he wants you to believe that it was sloppy aides who packed up his stuff and sent it to, you know, and it turned out that classified information ended up in there. As if the aides had security clearances, right? As if the aides, when he was a senator, went into the skip with him and are the ones who stole the document. You know, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But I think there's such a a uh, culture of carelessness that if we started to search a lot of these guys, who knows what we would find. Um, and everybody kind of realizes that. So I think the Democrats badly want to prosecute Trump, right? So if it was just Trump who had this problem, there'd be a very high chance that he'd be indicted. But now that it looks like Biden has it and Pence has it, and who knows what will, you know, who's the next person we'll hear about. Um, I don't think they're going to, I don't think, they're going to get indicted. And I wonder if Pence having these documents is going to lessen the enthusiasm of the of the new Republican majority in the House to start asking a lot of aggressive questions, because I really think that's the only way we're going to find out anything here. The, the special counsels are there to just say, you know, we're doing our investigation. We can't comment. So this whole thing is supposed to go into a black hole. Either the Republicans in the House uh, use their subpoena power and conduct hearings. That's the only way we're going to find out anything. And I just wonder if they'll do that at this point. Andy, um, you mentioned earlier, and Buck and I both have this opinion now. My opinion's changed. I thought they would charge Trump over the classified documents. I now think, I uh, agree with you, that they will not. I wonder if this classified documents scandal is becoming so all-encompassing that it actually is going to make it harder for the Department of Justice to charge Trump for anything January 6th related. Now, I presume you would think those were harder charges to bring in the first place, but yeah. do you think this overall mushroom cloud of incompetence that sort of is surrounding everything now is actually making it far less likely that anything January 6th related will also be brought against President Trump? 
That's a really interesting question. I had I hadn't thought about that. My my I thought up until now that they look at January sixth and the class the Mar-a-Lago documents as like two separate boxes that don't really have much to do with each other. Although I do think that if they had found at Mar-a-Lago any documents that were incriminating with respect to the Capitol riot, they would certainly have used them. But I thought they were looking at that as like two separate transactions. I agree with you, by the way, on that. But I thought the charges would actually be easier on the classified docs to yes, prove. Totally. And so, but it's such a mushroom cloud now that I almost feel like it implicates January 6th. And I was just wondering if you thought so too, because in the mind of the public, charging anybody now when it looks like there could be, you know, potentially felonious behavior everywhere feels kind of like a arbitrary and capricious application of the law. Yeah, I, I think there there could be something to be said for that, but I still think that their big problem with January 6th is because Trump is not implicated in the violence, the only way that you make a federal case out of that is to criminalize John Eastman's legal theory. Right. And I just think that this, this whole idea of going down the avenue – of making a felony into into frivolous legal theories is nuts. I mean, I don't think we want to live in that kind of a system. Uh, I know they're they're so rabid to get Trump that they'll probably overlook all that. But I'm, I'm I've had hope that because they haven't done it up until now, that maybe Garland realizes this is like a really bad idea. Andy McCarthy, everybody, look for his latest on National Review and also on Fox News. Andy, we always appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. My friends, anyone who has experienced the miracle of life and held a newborn in their arms knows how precious and innocent that little soul is, completely dependent on you and your choices, including the one that brought them into this world. Preborn Pregnancy Clinics is a nationwide nonprofit organization helping women make the right choice with their pregnancy. Preborn's clinics offer free ultrasounds for expectant moms to introduce them to the child they're carrying. The instant that connection is made often makes the difference between choosing life and abortion. Preborn's mission is simple. Rescue babies from abortion every day. And Preborn does that. They rescue 150 babies' lives on average each day. Preborn is completely dependent on you, though, the pro-life community, you and me. We need to help them. For just $28, the cost of a single ultrasound, you can rescue a baby's life, or $140 sponsors five ultrasounds. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies' lives. Can you help today with a donation? Grab your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or they've got a secure website where you can donate, preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Closing up shop here today on Clay and Buck, and that's a great moment in time to remind all of you that if you're listening to us on one of our wonderful affiliates across the country, you can get extra Clay and Buck content now. Uh, including the Buck Sexton Show podcast and Winners and Losers. Clay's putting that in there, too, in our podcast feed. So if you subscribe to Clay and Buck, you can listen to any hour of this show you like. We also have Best Ofs posted, the Sunday Clay and Buck hang, and then additional content there, too. So a lot of things, including things you won't get anywhere else, uh, it's worth subscribing to 
the podcast to get that. Also worth subscribing to the clayandbuck.com VIP section. You can send us uh, emails directly. The team reads them right away. They send them to us. Uh, and there's other perks and fun behind the scene thing, scene things that you'll get from being a VIP subscriber at clayandbuck.com. Clay, uh, they haven't had to call an all out stop to air traffic in a little while. So I guess the Biden's got that going for I'm it. I'm flying which tomorrow. Is, which is you just nice. jinxed me. Oh man. I, I forgot about that one. Sorry. You could blame me when your flight's delayed oh. four hours because, you know, not enough diversity and inclusion uh, seminars have been completed by, you know, the FAA or something. But Pete Buttigieg is out there telling everybody, remember, he's transportation sec. I think it's fair to say the most consequential, think about that term, though, the most consequential transportation secretary in recent memory. I'm not saying he's good. But he certainly had consequences. Yeah, we haven't Here talked very much about transportation secretaries in the past because everything just kind of worked, and so it didn't matter. It's, a, it's an interesting you'd, argument. You'd have to go back quite a ways to be able to, or you have to ask a lot of people for them to even be able to rattle off a, a transportation secretary. I think, by the way, Langley, the George H.W. Bush Intelligence Center, is also right next to the Federal Highway Administration. So there's that for those of you who've ever had a tour of CIA headquarters. I didn't even... I don't know, Federal Highway Administration, I used to joke around, you know, that's that's where the real secret stuff's actually happening. Langley was all just a front, you know, it's I'm like men in black. you can even tour. You can take a tour of the CIA? Ah, uh, they used to do them. They don't really do them. I don't know. They kind of go back and forth on it. It's obviously super limited. You basically can, like press sometimes will go into the lobby yeah. where they have portraits of the former directors, the stars on the wall for fallen officers. But like that's it, you know. You're not you're okay. not like hanging out uh, with it everybody in the office. Surprised me that you could even walk around Langley. Like I, I wouldn't think. I know you can tour the FBI. I've done the yeah. FBI tour before, but that's not really on its own camp. Or it's right downtown. They do so it's have not really on its own campus. They have a couple of internal spy museums at the CIA where they have things, you know, World War II era OSS stuff and things like that. So I think you know they're very limited tours you can do, but it's not. No, they don't. They don't bust. It's not like the Bronx Zoo. They're not sending busloads of kids out there to, you know, to go check out How what's going on. How often did you get adrenaline rushes working at the CIA? Like where you were like, oh, like this is because people tend to have it. And I'll say this. People think when you practice law that it's all like a time to kill, you know, and when they think of lawyers. And most of the time you're just like sitting in front of a computer, pushing a button, you know, like over and over again to scroll through emails. So I'm it's just very, curious. For very your similar. Job. Yeah. Very similar reality. I used to say to people that uh, being a CIA analyst, which is what I was doing, and there's other jobs, case officer is a very prominent role that people often will think of. It's written about in a lot of books and talked about. Um, but uh, to be a CIA analyst, which is what Jack Ryan was, very handsome, played by Harrison Ford and now by John uh, Krasinski. Just putting that ben, out ben there. Ben Affleck, I think, also played him, right? Ben Affleck. So, you know, handsome CIA analysts with great hair who live in Georgetown. That's like a thing. That's a thing that happens. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I used to tell people it's, uh, 80% mundane, 10% particularly crappy, and 10% legitimately cool and badass. Yeah. So 80% of your hours are doing things that you're like, well, you know, I could be like, I could be working at Mutual of Omaha. You know, it's yeah. paperwork, it's meetings, it's whatever. Uh, some of the training stuff you get to do, and then obviously going overseas, you, it's a whole lot more interesting and you see a side of the world. I love reading. You love reading. So the information that you get to learn and have access to is itself interesting. 
But the job of a, of a CIA analyst is like the job of an analyst anywhere else. Massive amounts of information absorption and then synthesis into small usable bites, in this case, for the policy community. But it is it's a reading and writing job. Like, yeah, yeah. I did get weapons training and stuff, but it's really a reading and writing job, which is really very similar to being a lawyer. Right. Like you're basically just synthesize arguments and try to and a little bit of what we do here. Right. There's a voluminous amount of data that comes in every single day and we try to make sense of it for the larger community. Yeah. Being an intelligence officer, I always joke around with people is actually very good training for being a doing media, being a writer, journalism. It's all it's all very, very uh, similar. Back to Pete Buttigieg for a second here, though, because the most uh, <laughs> now increasingly, I think you could say, incompetent secretary of transportation that anybody can remember is out there reminding everyone that every decision about transportation is a climate change decision. Play 24. We're looking at investments that uh, that are fair, that contribute to equitable economic growth. We're looking at climate impacts because every transportation decision in, in the 21st century is a climate decision, whether we recognize it or not. And uh, thankfully, because we have such a, a big investment, uh, you don't have to look at which states got funds from this infrastructure law and which ones didn't. Every single state, I believe we're already over 3,000 bridges. So we're making sure, whether we're talking about big projects like this or uh, smaller communities, that every part of America sees the benefit. Because, frankly, every part of America has a need. Just notice that whenever someone starts using the term equity and climate and climate equity and these things all together, this is the language of the modern-day American commissar, sort of like in the Soviet Union, when there was always talk of the revolution and the need for the workers and all that stuff, equity, climate, this is the secular religion of America today. And Pete Buttigieg is one of its priests. I'm, I think that's well said. I'm also genuinely curious about what his future is. So he's not a very good transportation secretary. He's relocated to Michigan. There's obviously a Senate seat that is opening in Michigan. But if he ran for the Senate and lost... It would certainly dent his ambitions going forward. He probably in the back of his mind thinks, okay, I'm going to run against Kamala and beat her in 28 because we think Biden's going to run in 24. But is he going to be transportation secretary for eight years? I got to say, I think I think in a head to head matchup, I think Kamala Harris for for the Democrat nomination beats Pete Buttigieg. I think Pete Buttigieg has a zero percent chance of being nominated because he's gay. And I don't mean that because I think there's some massive anti-gay sentiment in the country that would prevent him from being elected. I mean him getting the Democrat nomination because there's lots of black guys that aren't going to vote for a gay white guy to be the nominee for the uh, Democrat Party. And it's like they won't talk about it, but you look at the data, he didn't get any support from minority voters. Like Pete, Mayor Pete is the woke white uh, liberal selection right a lot of woke white people like him but it doesn't actually connect with the huge percentage of the overall electorate i think he'd probably have to be vp and then maybe he's kamala's vp and we have the diversity and inclusion ticket officially out there for 2028 the conversation continues on the clay and buck podcast feed go subscribe today we'll talk to you tomorrow as someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. 
GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by Mike Pompeo, 70th Secretary of State, former CIA Director under Donald Trump. His new book, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. And Secretary Pompeo, you probably didn't expect this would be the lead question, but given that Mike Pence has classified documents, and given that Donald Trump has classified documents, and Joe Biden has classified documents, do you have classified documents? Have have you gone back through papers in the wake of all this? What do you make of everybody seeming to have classified documents? Oh, my goodness. What, what a mess. No, I don't believe I have anything that's classified. Um, anybody who has it, they should turn it back in. What 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 a mess. Uh, classified documents should stay in the places they're supposed to be. And, and just as importantly, if it turns out that somehow they got where they weren't supposed to be, you should give them back, and then you should... 
be as transparent as you can about how the heck it happened. And by the way, you shouldn't say you don't have regrets. If someone showed up and had a had classified information in, in my home or near my Corvette, then I have a Corvette. Um, I promise you, I wouldn't say I didn't have any regrets. I would regret it deeply that I had screwed up in that way. Uh, Secretary Pompeo, it's Buck. I um, wanted to ask you about the reports on Abrams tanks possibly being provided to Ukraine by the U.S. A, a lot of the people you're, you're speaking to now who are listening all across the country served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We have a lot of veterans in this audience, a lot of active duty military. And I hear from them all, all the, uh, frequently about their concerns that we're getting deeper and deeper into the Ukraine fight, uh, where one do you think the Abrams tank should be provided, and uh, then where would you draw the line on U.S. support for the fight against Russia? Well, two things. Um, I do think that that equipment should be provided if the Ukrainians can make use of it and it can help them push back against uh, invasion by Vladimir Putin. Um, it's in America's best interest to do so. They haven't asked for. To your point, I'm a veteran too. I served uh, as a young soldier on. Uh, the then East German communist border. Um, I, I worry about America getting too deeply involved, but the best way to keep American soldiers from having to fight Europe or to fight against Russia or China, any place is to make sure that when there's an authoritarian invades a place like Ukraine and they haven't asked for the 82nd airborne, they haven't asked for a motorized rifle division. All they said is, can you send us stuff? We ought to provide them with the stuff that we can, that they can use, that they can be trained on that are actually going to deliver against the mission set. Uh, it's the only way to end Putin's invasion of Europe. Secretary Pompeo, a lot of talk lately about 2024, who's running, what the time frame is to run. If you are going to run for president, when would you announce? And are you exploring running for president now? So my wife and I are praying about it, trying to figure out if this is the next place for us to go serve. Uh, as for timeline, we, we kind of think late spring, early summer is probably when she and I will have to... Um, turn from prayer to action and if we decide to get in uh, head to iowa and new hampshire south carolina to make our case to the american people and if not uh, find where it is we'll next serve if not an elected office that's how we're so, thinking about yeah so so far donald trump is in does that impact your thinking in any way given that you were a secretary of state and served at the cia under him or is it not even about who else is running from your determination no, it has nothing to do with who else runs, whether President Biden runs, or former President Trump, or whomever. Uh, in the end, you, you you must come to believe that this is a time and you have something that you can not only offer the American people in terms of a policy agenda that delivers good outcomes for them, but that you have the tenacity, the wherewithal, the capability to actually deliver on those promises. If you believe those two things and it all works as a personal matter, uh, you, you have an obligation to go make the kings and then let the American people sort it all out. Speaking of Mike Pompeo, former CIA director, former secretary of state under Trump, and his book is out today. So our timing here on Clan Buck, as always, is excellent. Never Give an Inch is the book. And uh, Secretary Pompeo, I, I got to ask you, because it's always fun whenever I see a book come out from, from somebody on our side of things to see what the media focuses on right away. And they are drilling down into uh, it's all over Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen Mike Pompeo's book, which I guess in a sense, this is kind of an unintentional advertisement they're doing. Have you seen his book, Never Give an Inch, because of what he says about the murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi? Well, Mr. Secretary, what, what did you say and why are they all so upset about it? Oh, goodness. Um, I, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know what they're so upset about. The Washington Post has had an obsession about this. Uh, when I was in office, we made very clear. The murder of Jamal Khashoggi was nasty. It was heinous. We, we sanctioned 13 Saudis for what they did. Um, but we also knew that, that that person's life wasn't more important than the lives of Americans, life of American soldiers who were protecting us. Uh, and we weren't about to give up the partnership with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia that was helping us keep the American economy going, keeping American security going. You can see what happens when you flip the script. President Biden said, oh, this is a pariah nation. He immediately had to go on bended knee to the kingdom and ask them to produce just a little more crude oil. Um, we, for, we did not for a moment mistake the fact that this was a bad act, but we did not for a moment forget that putting America first was what really mattered most. And keeping America secure meant keeping a relationship, a security relationship and a diplomatic relationship with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the United States. Secretary Pompeo, there's a big debate now still ongoing about where COVID came from. Uh, you have worked in the CIA. You certainly served as Secretary of State. Do you think it's a settled question? What's your own opinion about where COVID came from? Was it a lab leak, or was this a natural animal evolution of a virus? It's largely a settled question. This virus came from a laboratory where they were working on this virus and others like it in Wuhan, China, and it leaked accidentally from that lab. And then the Chinese Communist Party knowingly sent that virus across the world uh, when it was inside of human beings on airplanes, and they killed millions of people as a result of that decision. So what consequences should there be on China, and what do you think about people like Dr. Fauci who are still saying, oh, I don't believe the lab leak theory happened? If you're correct, and I agree with you, that this was a lab leak and that China tried to cover it up and also then basically spread this virus all over the world, it seems like there should be really severe consequences for them uh, and it also seems like it's kind of an important uh, discussion to be having in the United States and not have somebody like Dr. Fauci wagging his finger and saying the evidence doesn't support this and how dare you even raise it as an issue. Well, the second one's easy. And Dr. Fauci got this wrong from the beginning. Uh, I've seen his debates on uh, gain-of-function research. He is, he is angels on the head of a pen. The truth is he, he knew that America was funding gain-of-function research uh, in the laboratories in China. Uh, I can't explain why he's chosen it. Perhaps it's money. I, I don't truly know. Uh, but I know this. I know he's wrong. I know that with near certainty that it came from that lab. You should know that lab is still up and operating and conducting the same kind of research it did before this thing leaked. Who knows when we will see that again. Which really gets to your second question is what should the penalty be? How should we respond to that? There are lots of pieces to this. The challenge of the Chinese Communist Party far extends beyond, extends far beyond the challenge of the Wuhan virus. Uh, and we have for 40 years allowed the Chinese Communist Party to be at war with us, at least economic war, and we've turned the other cheek. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of that I did as Secretary of State is we confronted the Chinese Communist Party in a serious way. We understood its ideology, we understood its economic motives, and we began to put real restrictions on their capacity to do harm to the American people. Secretary of State Pompeo, uh, appreciate you joining us to talk to us about all this. And uh, people should go check out the book, Never Give an Inch. Former Secretary Pompeo, appreciate you, sir. Gentlemen, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Rising inflation's out there, friends. You see it. Things are really expensive. Going to get more expensive depending on where you are, what sector you're in. Plus, there's some big layoffs coming. Stock market's volatile. Things are rough right now. Your retirement account, look what's going on last couple of years. Until all this uncertainty turns around and things look better ahead, the Phoenix Capital Group is making a suggestion for all of you. 
Diversify your investments now. They're introducing investors like you to high-value oil and gas investments here in the U.S. with current yields which range from 8% to 11% APY paid monthly. These are corporate bond offerings, and they're open to all investors with annual interest paid monthly. Phoenix Capital Group offers live webinars to learn about Phoenix's business structure, ways they offer security for the offerings, risks, and their financials. They host live Q&As where they'll answer all your questions. Sign up at investingwithphx.com or call 323-PHOENIX. Investing in bonds has a certain risk before making investment decisions. You should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Sign up today at investingwithphx.com. That's investingwithphx.com or call 323-PHOENIX to connect. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel of Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. 